You know, I, I have incredible memories of my mother who, um, who passed away over 10 years ago, but what an incredible uh, set of memories I have. But I was thinking about them. In fact, my brother and sister and I were laughing about something the other day. Um, I was about 12 years old, and I was exactly 12 years old because I remember it. Um, and my mother, uh, she was sick that day or something. She had not gotten up and gotten dressed, and so she was in her house coat and pajamas and her hair was like up in curlers and no makeup and she just it's just one of those days and she said get in the car we're going to get the mail I need you to go into the post office and get the mail and so my I'm 12 my sister is five and she you know she loads both of us in the car mom's gonna drive up at the post office and stay in the car I'm gonna go in and do the little um, we had a post office box so you have to do the combination and so that, that was the plan. And mother said, hurry, I don't want anybody to see me. So, and she meant it. So um, I went in the post office, and my sister went with me, which was a mistake. And I went around the corner, and I was working on the, uh, the combination. And my sister kept saying, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want. She couldn't do it. She's five years old. And I kept going, shut up, Donna. Quit it. Well, Donna just got all fiery mad and started jumping on me, climbing up me, trying to, and I would just take my foot and just go, and I would just shove her and she'd slide across the floor of the post office, just slide her, and then she'd get up and run and it'd happen again. I, four or five times, I'd just knock the daylights out of her and she slid across the floor. All my mother could see was my sister just sliding across the floor crying, getting up and running back. And she is sitting there going, oh my, and there are other people in the post office. You got to understand where I grew up, everybody knows everybody. So in my mother's mind, they're all going, there's Maryland's two unruly children. My mother got out of the car in her house coat, no makeup and curlers and went in the post office, grabbed us both by the head of the hair and drug us out and it was ugly. Forget the mail that day. It was ugly. My brother, who is 17 at the time, hears the commotion as we come in the house, and mother is just freaked out and tells the whole story about how now our whole reputation for our family is ruined forever. And my dad, my, my brother says, Mom, if you had it to do all over again, would you have children? And my mother responded, Oh, sure, just not the same ones. <laughs> I deserved it. I tell you what, I, I, I heard a Paul Niven story I got to tell you too. We all know Paul and Cherry. Well, Paul Niven, when he was a little boy, he was just, it was Mother's Day, and he was pledging his undying devotion to his mother one time. And now his mother was a disciplinarian. Marie, she's a disciplinarian, boy. She didn't spare the rod. And she was pretty strict. And uh, everybody knew that. And he was just pledging his undying devotion to his wonderful mother. And he said he was going to tell her what he was going to do for her when, when he grew up. And he says, Mom, when I, go to, when I grow up, I'm going to buy you an electric can opener and an electric toaster, and an electric stove, and an electric chair. 
Well, this is a Mother's Day message, okay? And I, without apology, I want to preach a Mother's Day message because I absolutely think mothers are incredible. They really are incredible. And Mother's Day messages are very difficult. I, they really are. They really are very, very difficult. Um, you know, what kind of altar call are you going to give? Hey, if you've been a really lousy mother, come to the altar right now. You know, so we're, we're, not, we're not going there. <laughs> I was noticing up here all these, these things about the modern family, all of the, the TV shows and all the, you know, Cosby's and, and the, the Raymond's family over there. I noticed Leave It to Beaver back there. June Creel, a uh, June Creel. What's her name? <laughs> Sorry, June. June Cleaver. <laughs> June Creel. June Cleaver. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, June. And I was, notice, I was noticing there's one of those TV shows missing. Anybody remember Father Knows Best? You know why Father Knew Best? Because there wasn't a mother in the family. Because everybody knows it's really Mama Knows Best. And it has to be that way. It's true. Ask my mother or Marie. Either one of them will tell you. You know, they warn pastors, uh, really in school, they, they warn pastors about Mother's Day sermons. They say, you've got to be very careful. You've got to be very careful about Mother's Day sermons. This is serious because for some, motherhood is an accident, and it's not always a welcome one. Some people. For some, biological motherhood is not possible. For some, their mothers just weren't all that great. And it doesn't bring up warm, friendly feelings. For some, motherhood under the very best circumstances is less than a bed of roses for the mom. Um, one person said, a poet said one time, to become a mother is not very difficult. But being a mother is a very difficult thing. Another poet said the joy of motherhood is what a woman experiences when the children have all gone to bed. Really, no one deserves, no one deserves a day more than mothers, though, in my opinion. And that's why we're going to share this time together. No one deserves that special day more than her. Uh, there was a, a mom one time that had to go to a psychiatrist, probably because she had children like me, my brother, and my sister, but she was laying out on the psychiatrist's couch and the psychiatrist said to her, now let's see, you said you spend 50% of your energy on your job, 50% on your husband, and 50% on your children. I think I understand why we have a problem here. And that's true. Uh, that's 150 in case anybody has not counted that. I know this, one of the most incredible things I read, and this is really cool, was by a guy who is a veteran of two world wars. A veteran of two world wars. And this is what he said about Mother's Day. He said, let me tell you, men, if you're going to buy a Mother's Day present for your wife, listen to my advice. Here he is. Number one, don't buy anything that plugs in. Anything that requires electricity as a gift will make her wonder why you didn't just give her the ironing board too. Number two. Don't buy any clothing that involves sizes. The chances are one in 7,000 that, that you will ever get her size right. 
and your wife will be offended by the other 6,999 times. Do I look like a size 16? She might say. Or too small a size won't cut it either because she'll say, I haven't worn a size 8 in 20 years. No way to win that one. Gift cards. Number three, avoid all things useful. That new advertised silver polish advertised to save hundreds of hours is not going to win you brownie points with the wife. Number four, don't buy anything that involves weight loss or self-improvement. She will perceive a six-month membership to a diet center as a really bad suggestion. Don't buy jewelry. The jewelry your wife wants, you can't afford. And the jewelry you can afford, she don't want. And finally, don't spend too much. How do you think we could ever afford that, she'll say. But don't spend too little. Because you don't want her to say, oh, you think that's all I'm worth? So there's just some advice. Considering all the things I have said, we're going to do Mother's Day today. We're going to have a Mother's Day message. You know why I feel that's important? Because in spite of all the, the dirty diapers and dirty wallpaper and dirty carpets and pitfalls and broken dreams and stumbling blocks and all those kind of things, mothers are the greatest thing God ever invented. <laughs> mothers are the greatest idea and they're the thing that holds this world together. And I believe that with all of my heart and seeing a mom experiencing a mom just gives us hope that this world is going to keep going till Jesus comes and I feel that way with all of my heart I want you if you will to turn in your Bible to Acts chapter 9 the ninth chapter of Acts we're going to begin at verse 36 we're going to talk about somebody that I think could have fit into our modern family Pastor Jay's series on the modern family and all the things that we have to deal with now, I really believe the person that we talk about today would be able to make it here for, a one, for one really, really big reason. Acts chapter 9, verse 36. In Joppa, by the way, the word Joppa means beautiful in Aramaic. In beautiful town, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated into Greek is Dorcas. Now, Tabitha is a nice, smooth-flowing name. Dorcas gets confused with the dork. There was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated is Dorcas. And by the way, the word Tabitha, Dorcas, means it the meaning of the word is a graceful gazelle a graceful gazelle or a female gazelle now we in our world don't spend a lot of time comparing women to animals it's not a good thing but in the biblical times that was a big deal we do we compare them to flowers but with them it was different so dorcas Tabitha, the female gazelle. It says, who was always doing good and helping the poor. 
About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciple, her, disciples there heard Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter was with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the window, I did it again, all the widows, not windows, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and widows and presented them presented her to them alive. They, this became known all over beautiful town Joppa. And many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Great story. Incredible, wonderful story. Um, by the way, the, in, in just telling that story and sort of making it sort of fit, Today, there's a city in Israel called Tel Aviv. You've all heard of Tel Aviv, the largest city in Israel. It's a, it's a pretty big town, pretty big city. Well, Joppa is part of Tel Aviv. The center of Tel Aviv, the old part of the town, is Joppa. They call it Jaffa now, but it's Joppa. So Tel, Tel Aviv grew around it. The airport at Tel Aviv, if any of you have ever flown there, Ben-Gurion Airport, is at Lod, which is the new word for Lydda. So if we're reading it today, we could say this. There was this really pretty lady that they called female gazelle, pretty graceful gazelle woman, and she lived in the beautiful town of Tel Aviv, and she was excellent. She's just this wonderful woman is always helping other people. And she wore herself out and died and they put her up in an upper room before the funeral. And some of the believers said, hey, Peter's at the airport. Let's run to the airport and see if he can come over here and help us. So Peter just gets on the bus from the airport, comes right on over down to downtown, goes up and sees her there. People are crying, going, oh, she's just incredible. Look, here's some of the things she made with her hands. Here are all the things she's done. Oh, she's just the most one. What are we going to do without Tabitha? Peter said, excuse me, goes up there, closes the doors, gets on his knees and says, what do you want me to do, Father? And the Father said, raise her up from the dead. He said, seen that done twice. Lazarus? Well, probably more than that. Seen it done four times, but recently, seen it done twice. <laughs> Lazarus and Jesus, and he said, we can do this. So he says, Tabitha, get up, woman, get up. Leap up, beautiful gazelle. She sat up and said, what I need to do? And he said, come on. Got her up, opened the door and said, ladies and gentlemen, Tabitha. And they all went, ah, ha, ha, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. Somebody go tell everybody. And they all went out and told everybody. And the people out there going, hey, is that that really nice woman that used to help us a lot? 
yeah, I think we're going to go to church with these people. A really good thing happened. I, I heard she died, but she's, I got to go see this. They all came to church and a bunch of people got saved. That's the story. That's what happened. Let's talk about that story just for a second. I'm not going to be long-winded. I'm going to be extremely short-winded. So here goes. A lot of feminists, I say that with a capital F, there's a certain class of people who, uh, who get really mad if we talk about anything traditional about women. A lot of feminists say that Christianity is the problem in women's lives. That Christianity, because Paul wrote a few things in some of the, the uh, books that seem to limit women's leadership in certain churches about certain things, they say, oh, Christianity keeps people down. I'll tell you something. Of all the religions in this world, Christianity has liberated women. You want to see one that puts them down, go check some Muslims out. Islam and Hinduism destroy women. I don't know why all of a sudden being Islamic is the chic thing to do now. But I'm telling you, Christianity sets women free. Paul praised women in his ministry. Phoebe, Euodia, and Syntyche praised them. Talked about how incredible they were. Um, Jesus treated women with respect and equality. It was women that ministered to Jesus. It was women that uh, came to adorn his body after he was in the, in the grave. And it was women who showed up at resurrection. It was women that saw him when he first raised from the dead. Let me tell you what. Women... Are incredible in the kingdom of God and this is one of the most incredible women you'll read about in the New Testament Tabitha Dorcas incredible lady an incredible incredible person the reason she was named uh, gazelle is probably because she was a really really beautiful girl and, the, and they were bragging on her beauty her incredible beauty um, by the way, she was called there, you, you read that, she was in, in verse 36 and 37, she was called a certain disciple. Now, it is really strange because uh, this, this word disciple, there's a word that means a female disciple, mathetria, and mathetria means a female disciple, the same word used for the 12 that followed Jesus. So usually he, he would respond and say to somebody, a certain disciple follower of Jesus ah uh -uh, she was called like a major disciple she was called a, she was no regular little worker on the side this woman was a minister you know how we know this the Bible said she didn't just take care of her family the Bible says she did a lot of great work especially among the poor that word poor is a word that encompasses orphans widows people who are homeless. I mean, this woman was working hard. And the Bible says about the time she got sick and died. So what you have is you have the idea that this woman actually was such an incredible hard worker, she wore herself out. She wore herself out doing what? Doing stuff for her own family? No, beyond that, for everybody else's family. I have a feeling that Tabitha Dorcas was one of those kind of people, we have a lot of them in this church, that not only love their own family, but anybody else who has a family that needs loving. And just gave herself away, just ministered. This woman was not some cook, some ironer for the pastor. This woman was a minister, a full-fledged, incredible minister. That's what she was. The Bible says that she, she died. She got sick and died pretty quick. They, they sent for Peter, but in the meantime, they started sitting around going, what are we going to do without her? This woman is incredible to our church. 
this woman is incredible. What are we going to do without her? They started looking at all the things she did. The Bible said they were collecting things like she made this and she did this. They were all going, what in the world? This woman is incredible. Why do we always wait till somebody's funeral to figure those things out? So many times we wait until then to start settling in our heart how important this person is to us. They started gathering these things around and they were crying and weeping. The word used for weeping there was not like, oh, we're shedding a tear. We're talking, these people were distraught. These people were big time messed up because she was dead. She was an incredible minister in their church. They sent for Peter because they knew Peter had this connection with this thing called resurrection. And they sent for him, maybe he can help us. They went over to the airport and got him, brought him there. Peter had no problem with this. He wanted to help these folks out. He probably knew of her as well. Goes up in the room, gets on his knees, and did exactly what Jesus did. He asked the Father, what do you want me to do? The Bible says Jesus didn't do anything of his own account. He only did what he saw the Father do. And that's what he did. He went up in that room, and if the Father had said, go comfort these people, she's with me, and she don't need to be with you anymore, then Peter would have gone out and done that very thing. And I'm sure that happened some. We just don't have all that recorded. But in this case, God said, I want to raise her from the dead because there's a lot of people we want to impact through this lady's life, not through her death, but through her life. So he knelt down, prayed, and then he spoke to her the same way Jesus spoke to Lazarus. Tabitha, get up. Set up. He didn't have to cut himself, bleed, cry, fall on his face, beg, scream, holler, until God said, okay, I'll do it. It was the Father's will. She sat up. The Bible says she just sat up and looked at him. And I'm sure she looked at him with, uh, what I need to do next? Uh, she sat up and probably said, what about that family that, that we've been ministering to? Are they okay? I could just see it. She just didn't miss a step. Peter said, come on. Showed her to everybody. And I know, I'm certain, I'm positive, because the Bible says after this, the whole town heard about it, and many believed in Christ that day. I believe that woman had already been, made so many bridges, had built so many bridges to people's lives because she cared about people, because she loved. She had already been an incredible witness for Jesus through her life, not through the resurrection of her body, but through her life. She already had people who knew she was. I'll bet you people that didn't know the Lord that she had loved on and cared on were out there at their houses weeping too because she was dead. And then somebody says, hey, did you hear about it? She's alive again. They're going, whoa, this God thing must be real. And the, the bridges she already built to people, God used this incident to bring all those things in and have a harvest. And that's what happened. Many believe, not because Peter did a miracle, but because Dorcas, Tabitha, had lived an incredible godly life touching people's lives, and then everything that happened to her affected them. And resurrection really sold them on Jesus. I believe that. I believe that all my heart. That's what we're trying to do here. Really, that's what we're trying to do here. And we're beginning to see those things pay off in our, in our community. Just things like Celebrate America. Things like servolution, all those things we're trying to do with our community, we're not going out there and beating them over the head with a Bible. We're not even going out there and doing crusades. You know what we're doing? We're trying to let people know we love them. We care about you. We really care about you. Because when God brings circumstances in their life, you know who they're going to call on? They're going to call on us, and we get to call on Jesus 
to save them when they come to this place or when we see them in the wherever we meet them that's what that's what she did with her life that's what we're doing with our church that's what we're trying to do <clears throat> in the civil war there was this union nurse you know civil war was an awful time and there were nurses back then that they you didn't go to nursing school in the 1860s okay let me tell you what nurses were in the civil war volunteer women who just went to a doctor and said do you need any help sawing this guy's leg off you know yeah and doctors needed help so they started training nurses one of the first nurses was um uh the red cross lady what's her name what claire barton thank you i'm supposed to know that but i didn't so they they trained they trained uh they trained these ladies there was this the civil war uh, union nurse who labored among the wounded troops when she was a child her face had been terribly burned and disfigured and it sort of messed up her social life forever and she volunteered and one of the people asked her said why do you volunteer to do this awful bloody work and she said because the soldiers who need me they don't notice the scar on my face they think I'm beautiful let me tell you who who Tabitha was Tabitha was one who wasn't just named beautiful everything she did in her life made her beautiful her heart her actions the work of her hands the compassion of her heart that's why she was beautiful that's why she was beautiful <clears throat> that's exactly what God says we leave with our world moms in here let me tell you why are you even talking about this no matter what in your life happens the one thing every mother is called on to do is not fit into her society perfectly or to make sure all the uh, T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted we find that very difficult to do especially in this kind of world we live in a world where so much has changed, so much has changed. People fight battles about working mother, stay-at-home mother. Uh, the feminists are mad if you, if you choose to stay at home and other people are this, that, and that. that. That's not even the issue in here. It's not. It's not the issue. I had a, I had a great-grandmother. She was, she was awesome. They called her Little Grandma. And Little Grandma, she was good. She could churn, you know, she made butter. She churned and she cooked and she went outside with a gun and shot crows out of the trees and she would shoot wild animals and she would run off robbers and she was incredible but she could not exist in this world she'd kill everybody she just, this world the, the the things the stresses and all that happen on uh, from a modern family it it happens people have to do different things than they did back then they did they, you have to do what you got to do in your family whatever's required you got to do those things but there's one thing God asks us all to do. Ladies, there's one thing God asks you to do, and all of us, to be a godly mom. It doesn't matter if you're a working mom or a non-working mom. Be a godly mom! Because what you leave with your family is the legacy of godliness. It's not the money in the account. It's the legacy of godliness you leave, regardless of what you do. I read in Proverbs 31, I read about the supposed to be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect mom, and... That was a working mom. Did you read that thing? There, there, she wasn't just a little lazy around mom. She was a worker. I don't know a mom that's not a worker. Stay at home, go to work, mom, doesn't matter. They're all workers. 
But the work that matters the most is called godliness. Is a godly mom. Do you understand what Tabitha Dorcas left, what she meant to her church? It was her godliness, not her physical beauty. It was her godliness. Proverbs 31 ends like this. It says, charm is deceitful, beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. That's really all that matters. That's really what matters the most. In closing, let me tell you this. Jeremy, you can come if you want to. Um, my mom, my mom passed away in 99. My mom was an incredible woman. You've heard me tell stories about my mom this morning. I promise my mom was godly in every way. I remember one time I had a, a spiritual thing that happened to me that most people didn't understand and people didn't even, didn't even think it was right. And I had this spiritual thing that had happened to me and I remember my mom looking at me in the eyes and going, Mark, I do believe you. I believe you. And that was the greatest words I ever heard. My, I believe you. And I knew mom did, not because she wanted to, but because she really did. But I, 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 I was with my mom when she passed away. My dad and me were with my mom. And I sat there and witnessed the most incredible thing in the world. My mom did a lot of stuff for us. My mom was the kind of person, if you were, if, if I was at the house and I took off a shirt before it hit the ground, she'd scooped it up and washed it. She just loved to wash. That was weird. I appreciate that, but this is what I appreciate more. She was laying in her bed. She had congestive heart failure and could barely talk. And my dad leaned over the bed and said, Marilyn, I want you to know you're the only woman I've ever loved, the only one I've ever been with. And she looked at him, could barely talk, and said, and you are the only one I've ever loved, and I've been faithful to you too. Folks, that godly event that bit of godliness was the greatest gift my mom could ever give. That was the greatest gift. My mom left that legacy of godliness. That matters more to me. I said to myself, not that I hadn't already made that decision, but I said to myself, I will not go into eternity without being able to say the same thing to my wife. Because my mom left. That was huge for my mom's leave. And I tell my children and my grandchildren, moms, it doesn't matter how you're having a hard time fitting in this world. God asks you to be one thing. Godly. Godly. A godly woman. A godly woman. I'm gonna, we're gonna do something unusual here. I'm gonna just ask everyone, if you will, if you're a mom in this place, now when I say that, if you're a mom, even if you haven't birthed your own children, but you've played the, the part of mom to someone in this world, if you're a mom this morning, I'm going to ask you right where you are just to stand up. Just stand up right where you are. All right, do you understand why this world <laughs> is a good place? Look, look at these people. We're going to pray for all of our moms this morning. We're going to pray for you. This is what I'm going to pray. We're going to pray that God would prioritize the word godly in your life so that everything you do will issue godliness. You will, be, you will be a godly person. You'll be godly in the way you respond to people. And God would make you sensitive to that word so that you will, more than anything, ask God, God, make me a godly wife. Make me a godly mom. 
a godly example. Dorcas, Tabitha is your example in the scripture. We're going to ask God to use you to build bridges to your family and beyond because this world could not make it without people like you. If you will, if you've got, if you've got a mom or a wife or, or uh, uh, someone by you, if you'll just, maybe you want to lay your hands on them and everyone else, if you'll just stretch your hand out toward those guys, everybody else, we're going to pray for these moms right now. Heavenly Father, we lift up these incredible, wonderful moms. God, I'm so thankful that we have great examples of God in us in the Scripture. I'm so thankful we do. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that godliness will emanate from every one of these ladies, that you will prioritize that in their life. And Father, if there are areas of their life that are not godly, you'll convict them and they'll return to you and they will do what you've called them to do, and that is be a godly mom in every way. Lord, I pray there will be Tabithas in this room that will affect their family and beyond. I ask you, O Lord God, to give the spirit of Tabitha to everyone in this place. Let them be blessed beyond words. I thank you for them, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day.